operate departments, ministry departments. Okay. How to operate ministry departments. Anyone else? Church missionary curriculum. What does that sound like? It's how to, how to work in the church, but it's also how to work outside the church as well. And here in uh, the church missionary curriculum, it says many would be willing to work if they were taught how. <laughs> mm. That kind of makes a lot of sense, you know. A lot of people be happy to help, but they don't know how to do it. And when you're first starting out or somebody asks you to do something you're unfamiliar with, your first thought is, I don't know how to do that. I'm not going out to do that. You know, I don't want to look stupid or feel embarrassed or, you know, have people laughing at me. But if we were just taught how to do it, uh, I think some of us might have might have read or heard of the book Training Light Bearers. And that's all about church missionary curriculum, how to teach people the proper way to evangelize for the Lord. And we need to be instructed, not only instructed, but if you're out there, you learned how to do it, you know, you had a couple of tries at it, and then you're out instructing, and you make a few mistakes, or you say the wrong thing, what else are you going to need from your church family? Going to need support, right? Mm -hmm. Going to need some encouragement. That's always huge. Gonna need some more training, possibly. Might mm -hmm. be nice to have a mentor, somebody actually walk with you while you do it. You know, there are a lot of things that they do in the uh, public corporate sphere that would benefit the church work, you know, such as mentors. Instead of just sending people out there, work with them for a little while till they get used to it, just like Christ did with the disciples. He didn't just meet them and say, go on out there. They walked with him for three years or so, and uh, then they went out. So they had learned how to do it. They learned how to speak to people, how to treat people, how to use the word, the scriptures, how to use uh, examples, you know, all things that help you to contact and to connect with people, because you have to learn how to connect with people in order to be a good missionary. If you have a terrible attitude, if you are always scowling or you got a mean sounding voice or you're real demanding, nobody want to talk to you. <laughs> Just tell it like it is. Nobody want to spend their time talking to you. So we need to be instructed and encouraged. And then it says that every church, every church should be a training school for Christian workers. You know, I think many times, uh, churches forget what our main purpose is. It's not to have social events and, uh, you know, have fellowship dinner and stuff. That's all fine and nice. But our main mission is to witness. Go ye therefore and evangelize. Do you feel that the church is meeting that uh, mission? Or do you feel like we've got some changes need to be made? I think we're just trying church to, as a whole. You don't have to like make it personal, but as a whole. Yeah, I don't see a lot of um, annual or even semi-annual training opportunities, especially for the young people. If there are tomorrows, we're not doing such a great job at 
supporting them in their walk in discipling them. So no, I haven't seen, not in this conference at least, um, opportunities for young and adult training. Awesome. Okay, anyone else? What do you think? Is the church meeting its mission and goal? No, I don't think we are. I think that we have grown comfortable um, in our own um, selves. And so I think that we, you know, COVID was one thing that forced us to go outside the walls. But then as soon as we were able to come back inside the walls, that's exactly what we did. And we we don't see, at least in our church, we don't see a lot of uh, outreach even now. Hmm. Do you think, it's, is there something wrong with churches having in reach, meaning missionary to their own members? No, I think you have to have that first in order to uh, encourage the church and in order to have spiritual growth in the church to even uh, have a, a level of desire to go outside for outreach. Okay, anybody else? Is church in reach wrong? I think you always have to have that support component in church. The social um, challenges that any one person, non-member and member will have and have to face. So it's always good to have the pulse of your church and to make sure that you're doing checks to make sure you have a healthy church body because we can't minister sick people can't minister god he i mean god can do anything anything is possible but how often do you see sick person sick a sick church reaching out to other sick folks i mean how impressive is that you know yeah but, but that's what god asks us to do well that's why yeah that's why it's needed can't <laughs> reach is needed that's the one reason why we come in assembly to um, gather and to support one another. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good point. So there has to be a balance, like you're saying. We have to balance the in-reach and the outreach, not, not solely sticking to one or the other, but there does yeah. have to be a balance. And not only should we be taught how to do missionary work outside evangelism, but also... It says we should be taught how to conduct and teach Sabbath school classes, how to give Bible readings or Bible studies, how to help the poor, how to care for the sick, work for the unconverted. And it doesn't stop there because balance, you need, in order to balance, you need more than one. You know, you might have to add several things to balance it out, but there should also be health classes, cooking schools, um, classes in various lines of Christian help work. So our church isn't called to be just one-sided. You know, human beings, we have a lot of sides to us that need attention. And this is what the church is doing. It's trying to reach people where it can. And if we just focus on one area, we'll reach those people who need that area. But people need a lot of different things. And so a variety of classes, a variety of training just gives us more ways to reach people. If all we have is uh, 
a hammer, then everybody's going to look like a nail, right? But if we have many tools in our Christian box, then we can uh, assist many more people. Uh, what type of classes would you like to see the church teaching? Anybody? I know I like cooking classes. I'll gardening. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good class. That would be an excellent class, gardening. Then we can grow our own food, right? And teach others I'll how to What'd you say, Paula? I'll give Bible study. Yeah, Bible study classes. Now, I know that you do Bible studies. Were, were you taught in a class or did you just learn on your own? A class. I mean, they give certificates. So the conference has instructions on how to do it, I think. Oh, right, great. right. Uh, I think grant writing would be a great class that the church could teach. What kind of writing? Grant writing. Okay, grant writing. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, um, what is it? Media is a great area mm -hmm. to teach. I think that um, I like to see everybody educated on how to interact with and respond to and know the real danger signs of suicide. I think mm -hmm. everybody should be trained in that. I think I like to see everybody trained in how to communicate in such a way that people feel cared about when you talk to them and don't feel like when they're walking away from you, like you haven't heard nothing they said. Mm -hmm. I like to see that. <laughs> yeah. The list. You know what? Yeah, the list goes on, really. I'd like to see, I was thinking about this. I'd like to see our pastors learn how to give a sermon that gives unending hope and unconditional love on any subject so that a person when you go to a sermon it can be on the three angels message from the three angels message to creation that whatever is spoken about like last week with a doc, with a pastor bernard in that sermon he gave left you feeling hopeful and like God really genuinely loves you. Yeah, there's all kind of uh, good classes we can have. And then also those classes can be used for evangelism, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you can reach a lot of people. Uh, for example, Christina mentioned gardening. If you learn how to garden and then maybe you go out to some gardening clubs or a gardening exhibition, then you can apply your gardening knowledge uh, to talk to people. And then before you know it, you're talking about the goodness of the Lord and how he cares for the plants and how he provided all these various fruits and vegetables for our consumption and, and health. Or you can learn how to, to um, uh, another class was grant writing. Maybe you learn how to write grants and you meet different people in the grant writing classes or you help other churches or other organizations to write grants. It's always an opportunity to point somebody to the goodness of God, so that even though we're learning, I guess, what you would consider secular classes, that, that knowledge and information can be used in a spiritual way, so that you don't want to think, oh, I'm learning this only for outside the church. It can be used inside the church, outside the church, just like your own occupation. You might have an outside job, but when you think about it, you can use that job 
to uh, point souls to Jesus. You know, has have you guys heard of? Uh, uh, I'm forgetting how what the title. What's the title of the business group that the church has? Oh yeah, uh, I forget. I remember the title. Or something. Yeah, I'm forgetting the acronym now. But I what forget. their what their whole mission is is to help us to learn or help the members to learn how to use their secular business to reach people for Christ. Yeah, and I think that's that's really helpful because all of us are working at something, but sometimes we don't realize how can I connect my job to Jesus. How can I talk to somebody about Jesus on my job? And, and they do a really good job of giving you different ways and techniques on how you can do that. So don't just think that these classes are just for secular use. They can be used to win many people to Christ. And another way that we can learn is through example, of course, right? Someone sees you doing it and they want it, they get interested. So now you can teach them by example. So might not be a class classroom type thing, but might be a out in the field type learning as well. And also some of the specialty on our next uh, chapters talks about special training, talks about the principles of health reform. Greater effort should be put to educate the people in the principles of health reform. What exactly is health reform anyway? Anybody know what that is, or what do you, what do you, what comes to your mind when you think of health reform? Changing, changing the way I'm living. Changing the way you're living. Mm -hmm. Okay, health reform. What do you guys think that means? Under the umbrella of lifestyle change, uh, diet. Okay. Diet, lifestyle changes. It's a lot of, and what I liked about it was it said principles. And principles means it works for everybody the same. So if I'm eating healthier food, if I'm breathing fresher air, if I'm drinking pure water, and you're doing it too, it's going to be a benefit to you also. And it's a principle. It doesn't care who's doing it. God has put certain things in, in nature that are to help us. And if you use those principles, it's going to benefit you no matter what your situation may be or who you are. It doesn't care if you're black, white, red or brown, rich or poor, tall or short. It's a principle. It works every time for everybody regardless. But uh, I want to kind of go back to what we was talking about, you know, having a young mm -hmm. to work. But I think some of the things that's a real hindrance to people working, new people working in the church, is the attitude of those who are working in the church. You know, if you're um, feeling like uh, it's a chore, I don't want to do it, they force me to take this office, then, <laughs> you know, really that, that um type of attitude it permeates through the church it really does and mm. then if you had the attitude like i'm really happy to do this this is such a joy you know the lord people will ask you can i join your group because mm. you know it's something that they want to do well I, I agree with uh the sister but one of the biggest deterrents i see uh, mm -hmm. from anyone new trying to join something 
is people get territorial. The people who've had positions for a long time have been doing something. They get territorial and it's it gets clickish as well. And that can alienate a new believer, which is to me a sin. Definitely. Definitely could alienate somebody. And, yeah, and that goes along with the attitude. You know, if you have an attitude that is us for no more, you know, only we can do it. Yeah, you're not going to get people mm-hmm. who want to, or somebody may try. And once they find out you're not opening the door, then, well, and then after that, soon after that, you'll start feeling like, don't nobody won't do that. And ain't nobody <laughs> trying to help. <laughs> You know what I I found very helpful Um, when I I was just telling um, Deacon Miller how important his role of being um, mentor for the deacons. When he stepped down from being the head deacon, he played an instrumental um, role in keeping that, um, keeping the foundation secured for the deacons by holding Bible studies after church Mm -hmm. with the deacons. And I think when we go into uh, partnershiping with God, um, allowing the ministries uh, be his and us just working in that ministry, when we Mm -hmm. um, incorporate, when you say in reach, that was just a big I mean, I, every Sabbath I come and I just, I'm amazed how when the deacons have turmoil, when they have problems at home or um, deaths, and even amongst themselves when they're having issues, they're, they're able to come together as one body and resolve any matters because they're not just doing the ministry for others. They're reaching out to others by doing service for people but they're doing inreach with the Bible studies coming together on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, I think a lot of the things that we're talking about, like um, alienation, um, eliminating uh, click-like um, groups, when you put God first and in the midst of everything that you do, praying together, studying together, it affects the entire work that you're doing through Christ. Amen. Amen. And that that is uh, very nice what they've got going. And also it points out along with what Lakita was saying, being a good example makes a huge difference to people around you. You know, if you're all upset about what office you're in and, and you're spreading negative feelings and negative vibes to people, it's going to touch them in the wrong way. Yeah. On the other hand, if you're spreading positivity and pointing out how much of a blessing this office is and how you thank the Lord that you have an opportunity to serve, then that example makes a big difference. So it's the same way in anything that we are engaged in. Your example makes a huge difference and your attitude determines your altitude. So uh, even if we were having some of these classes, it's very important to have a good example. Like, again, you think about Christ and his disciples. He always had a good attitude. He always showed them a good example of how he wanted them to treat others, you know, when he was gone. The, the disciples were pushing the little kids back. 
He said, no, no, let the little kids come. They're very important also. Or they would say, well, we don't want to go over to those people. And he said, no, everybody is one of God's children. They need to hear the message to giving them a good example. You know, so whenever we're up front or whenever we're teaching or giving some instruction, remember to be a good example. That's in attitude and in actions. And then the thing that you can do too, once you've gotten some training, once you've gotten some mentoring in these different areas, once you've taught some class, use that to talk to the people in your family, your family mm-hmm. members. Don't leave them out. Talk to them about these different things you're learning. The people in your neighborhood, you know, talk to them about things that you're learning. I'm always surprised whenever I talk to my neighbors, you know, I'm just talking about everyday stuff. But then the Lord allows me to be able to just somehow get to talking about how good God is. And when you've already established a connection by, for example, you talk about all the the leaves are falling off the trees, you know, I might say, yeah, it's about time to get that rake out and get going, you know, and then I, I've already connected by talking about something that we all do. And then I point out how beautiful God made all these leaves and what their purpose is for falling off the tree. So again, whatever you learn or whatever you're doing, you can always apply it to a spiritual lesson that will help point others to Christ. On the classes and training. One of the things that Lakita points out in our stewardship time is how your secular job can be used to lead people to Christ too. And also that your duties in church can be used to gain a secular job. So if you're just, for example, the church treasurer and and you don't have a secular job, but you're church treasurer, you can use that knowledge and information to possibly get a job. You go out and interview and you say, oh, I'm church treasurer, I deal with hundreds of thousands of dollars, I'm in charge of this and that and the other thing. And they say, oh, okay, so you got some numbers experience. We need an auditor or we need a treasurer for this group. So don't be afraid to recognize that even though you have a humble duty, so somewhat humble duty at church, that can lead you to greater things in your life. But really, there are no humble duties. Absolutely. I mean, I was talking, I think, to Karen and and, uh, Sandy today, and you think about it. Somebody's making toilet paper. That's a lot of money they're raking in. Just start thinking about all the little things that we are using on an everyday basis that somebody took the time and decided, hey, this would be a good thing to sell to other people. So there is no humble, no humble jobs in the house of the Lord, and that all jobs, all those jobs, that's valuable experience, valuable work experience, and it's even more value because you're doing it from the heart. You're doing it without asking for pay or getting paid for doing it. So it's even more valuable. I have a good example of what you were saying, Brother Carol. Um, A young man, his last name is Goodrich. His father is the associate pastor at Oakwood. Well, this young man, he, I think he took me, majored in media studies and maybe something else. He graduated last year. But because the church was streaming during COVID, as, um, yeah, because COVID happened through his college year, so it was very difficult. But he, became interested in the streaming process. 
getting uh, the, the worship service you know, online. And then Oakwood invested in all this equipment and whatnot. So he had, he did this for four years. So when he graduated, he got a job at um, ABC. He's in New York right now. He's an associate hmm. producer at ABC, an wow. Oakwood College graduate from last year. And he used one of the worship tapes um, in his interview. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yep. And, and as we are looking at um, discipleship and training, et cetera, and we're talking about our youth, that's some valuable information when you uh, want to get into a prestigious school or something, you know, and you've, you're a young person and you've been this coordinator or that. Co I mean, church is the easiest place for our kids to rack up on experience and knowledge that will take them very far in life. I think that we have, um, again, the attitude of the adults, you know, uh, they take an office, don't do anything with the office, don't do anything. Kids are watching, everybody's watching, you know, and, and um, everybody's learning. Well, she's not doing anything and he's not doing anything and I don't have to do that much. That's not what it's about. It's about God's developing us to make it to heaven. And in this process of getting to heaven, we are influencing other people for good or evil, whether we realize it or not. Mm -hmm. And Sister Carol, mm -hmm. while you were talking, I just thought of something. There's no, I mean, we have Pathfinders already, right? Right. And here in St. Louis, there's no reason why. I mean, just the, uh, the five people that are online right now, we each have different degrees of life experiences and skills. We've been in our careers for several years. We could, I mean, the Pathfinders could organize some kind of way, maybe, I don't know, once a month or something, somebody could speak to them about our, our, our expertise, you know, like mentor mm -hmm. or something for mm -hmm. a week. Yeah, and you don't know a kid might say, oh, I want to be a teacher. I may be an attorney. I want to be an entrepreneur, a therapist. Mm -hmm. And we're right here in the pews worshiping with these kids who are basically on their phones or going to sleep in church. Yeah, you know, or like um, we did, we did, uh, Kennedy, she's a young person. She's graduating from college this year, from high school. So we get her to do stewardship. That's, that's a lot of that's really good for her. I mean, she gets to stand up in front of adults. She is oftentimes she's uh, creating her, she creates her own stuff that she's going to say up front. Mm -hmm. And that's a leadership position. It'll go any, anywhere. She can take that with her, give her her own title. It's, you know, it's about us too, like you said, teaching kids what's available out there and putting them in position to be prepared to do some of the stuff that's Amen. Out. Amen. Yeah, it's a real blessing. And again, you can use those skills that you're using in church and your other other um, things that you're doing in life. And I think it's important too to involve the youth. You know, it's, uh, there's a phrase that says, "If you tell me, I'll forget. If you show me, I might remember. But if you involve me, I'll understand." So when we actually involve our young people in church events, church activities, church departments, then they really learn what it takes to do these different jobs right. and different duties. So it's a real blessing. And again, the attitude of those people in those positions has to be one of positivity, one of this is really a great 
position to be in. This is how we help the Lord, you know, and, and, and share that positivity with those young people to let them know, hey, this is not a boring job. This is not terrible. This is a great way for you to learn some skills and to serve the Lord. Every person in the church, young and old, need to be involved. Mm-hmm. Every human being have a talent. And if they're not dead, they can use that talent, whatever that talent may be. And so, you know, even research, if you're good at research, you know, someone um, did some research for us and found out where we can get backpacks for dirt cheap. So that really will enable us next year to actually reach this goal of 600 backpacks that we're going to distribute next year. So mm-hmm. in the 200, we're going to distribute this year. So, you know, every person needs to be about doing something. If you, you're not dead, then you are alive. <laughs> That means you can be working for the law. And it's just, for me, it's just so much joy in it. Mm-hmm. Watching people grow and learn and become and, you know, improve this themselves. That's, there's a lot of joy involved in that. Amen. Yeah, I truly believe the things that we talk about, are talking about now, will keep young people from drifting away from church when they I get Definitely, age. definitely. We mm-hmm. did a whole big thing on inducting uh inducted Kennedy into stewardship, you know, made it a big thing because I want her to re- to know it's a big thing. You're working for the Lord. It's not something that should be casually taken. Oh, you know, well, you know, I'm just, I'm on stewardship and blah, blah. No, 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 no. It's important. It's mm-hmm. very important. Christina, how do you think uh, Kennedy feels about that, being a stewardship position? I think it's a, it's a learning tool for her. Um, she often, I mean, outside of even stewardship, she notices when she's amongst her peers, um, how church involvement being encouraged to be upfront, to, Mm -hmm. uh, lead out in certain, um, parts of the sermon, how that actually helps her, um, with speaking, communicating Mm -hmm. in the classroom. So she's, she's expressed on numerous of times how what she's learning, um, skills that she's building and developing, how that has helped her even in her personal, you know, classroom life um, and being productive. So I'm praying that she can also use it as a evangelized kind of ministry for her personal walk because what she sees is the stu- students or her peers that are not in church, that's not involved with organizations such as stewardships and things of that nature, they have a different outcome in their uh, classroom performance. It's, it's, so that's the one aspect that I've witnessed and I've discussed with Kennedy, how being part of a uh, department, being part of, you know, being involved in church, how that affects her. And she, she thinks that it's very beneficial. I see her as being a leader. Some things that she says and um, how she thinks has all been molded by what experiences she's having at church. So I'm grateful and I, and I see the benefit. Yeah, I see it even with those little girls, those little, uh, little ushers. The ushers. The youth ushers, you know, the little five-year-old and the little 13-year-old, <laughs> you know, that stuff is... Um, it's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it's helpful for them. And you know what? 
they feel like they are a part of contributing to. That's why we cannot leave elderly people out of it because they'll feel isolated and the suicide rate amongst elderly is pretty high, you know, because they feel isolated and alone and unneeded. And we have to help people to feel because we need them. We need yeah. everybody in the church. And it's just like uh, you think about in our media team, uh, Jarrell is working in that. He's been working there for several years. So yeah. I've seen him mature with doing that as well. So yes. it makes an yes. impact when young yes. people are involved, they're learning, they're being around good examples, and it helps them to mature and be more comfortable speaking up for themselves and more comfortable with their knowledge of certain things and so that they don't just shy away mm -hmm. because they're not confident. It builds their confidence and their mm -hmm. belief in themselves. Mm -hmm. And then they can take that out into the world and use it as an evangelism tool yeah, as well. I mean, it really is amazing to you see the young people. You know, I, I think I told uh, Kennedy, I, I hope she don't mind me saying her name, but um, they, you know, she's a young lady. When I, when I first started, when she first started a, co a couple of years ago, she was just a little girl. Now, right before my eyes, I said, you have become a young lady. And, and, um, and I see that with the, uh, in the media stream where they have the young man working yeah, in there and he's just become yeah. more social, more outspoken, just more, you know, um, always yeah. like pleasant, but just a nice, a nice person, more confident. Mm -hmm. So I do think that, um, we're really holding our kids up, holding not just kids, but adults too, because some of our adults need to build their self-esteem and confidence yeah. and stuff too. I think it's true what you're saying that we need to involve young people, seniors, everybody. Everybody has a talent. Everybody should be using that talent to glorify God. And you can use it in the church as well as out of the church. And again, one of the things that I always enjoy doing, and I had mentioned earlier uh, this year that we're going to do that spiritual gifts inventory, and that's where everybody fills out the little survey questions, and it will tell you where your talents are and where they can be used in the church. So I'm hoping everybody at church will take that uh, survey, and then we can get more people actively involved. And, you know, uh, Lakita said there's no such thing as a humble job. Uh, everybody's job is important, as she yeah. pointed out, no matter what you're doing, somehow you're contributing to life. Otherwise, you wouldn't have that job. Mm -hmm. Nobody would need you. Mm -hmm. So everybody's doing something that's contributing. But we tend to think of some jobs as more high position and some lowly. But God can use everybody. When you think about it, Moses was a prospective ruler of Egypt, but God couldn't use him with that training. So he made him a shepherd for 40 years mm -hmm. and he took that humble position and then God could use him. And you think about Gideon, before God could use him, he was, uh, you know, threshing wheat and hay. That was his position. Elijah was plowing the fields and he was called to do God's work. And also Amos, same thing, a farmer. And then God gave him a message. So uh, all who have become co-workers with Christ had to go through a little bit of hard work, a little bit of labor, a little bit of uh, things that people call humble jobs. Um, but God can use us because we can't think that we're so high and mighty that we can't be of any good to anyone on earth. And God uses these type of jobs and positions 
to let us know that we have to depend on him for everything. And once Amen. we have that type of attitude and knowledge, belief that everything we have is going to come from God, our success comes from God, all our resources come from God, we have to depend on him, we have to trust in him to get anything done, then he can use us. Because if we're thinking we're, you know, like Nebuchadnezzar, look at the great Babylon I built, then you don't have a need for God and he can't use you in that position. So we might have to go through some different things in life, but it's also that God can use us to lead souls for, to win souls for his kingdom. Any other uh, further thoughts on that? So let's, you know, we like to say our young people are the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today if we allow them to be. We just want to involve them. Don't throw them out in the middle of the ocean and tell them to swim on their own, but teach them, train them, be there with them to be a good example and to mentor them. And then they will feel more comfortable and more confident doing God's work. Amen. Amen. I, I always want to re just really bring us back to make sure we don't discard any human being in the church. Young and old. One of the things I think we all like about a family reunion is that there's older people there, then there's middle-aged people, then there's young people, young married couples, and young single people, and college-age students, and high school, and then elementary and babies. All those generations of people is what make things beautiful. And I just think, you know, we can't just have just one group, you know, is sometimes it seems like everybody's saying, well, let's get the young people. And then there's other people saying, let's exclude the young people. Let, why don't we just drop all that and let's everybody just get to work? Why don't we just do drop that? And you're never too old to, to start and learn something new. You're just never too old to do that. So mm -hmm. even Karen, there might be someone, some older person, really old person who might want to be on uh on the media team. Yeah, we won't turn anybody down if they express an interest and want to come back there and learn. Right, learn is the word. <laughs> and don't be tearing up nothing. <laughs> yeah, learn is the operative word. You know, one thing that we um, are trying to focus on too, one thing that we want to focus on is as we're talking about letting everyone know that it's necessary for them to be laborers in Christ's vineyard. That's what we're called to do. Everyone who accepts Christ, he says, you are my ambassador. You are my witness. So it's necessary for everyone to be out and about doing God's business. And again, maybe you're doing God's business in uh, this manner or that manner, and somebody else is doing God's business in another manner. But all of us have a duty to do, and that's to labor unselfishly, earnestly, perseveringly for the salvation of our fellow man. And that's why training, uh, training new members or new converts is very important because we want everyone to be involved. Mm -hmm. We don't want people to get out there stumbling and getting embarrassed and then just throwing in the towel. We want to help them to be as successful as possible. Just like you think about um, Paul and Barnabas, our lesson says, you know, when you read about Paul and Barnabas, they was baptizing thousands of people and this and that. They preached the gospel in all these heathen lands and everywhere. But it points out that the careful training 
of their new converts was very important in that success. They didn't do it themselves. The spirit of God was their power. And they also uh, trained the new members to get out and reach other people. Uh, do, do you guys, anyone remember when we used to have the tent meetings, you know, with the actual tent would come and they'd pitch a tent somewhere on a vacant lot and then people would come out and, and you'd see a lot of people getting baptized, you know, a lot of people come out. But, you know, one of the things you didn't always see, one of the things you didn't always see was the, the groups of, of church members who went out before the tent got to town. And they were knocking on doors and handing out flyers and inviting people and uh, standing on the corner, handing out leaflets. You know, you didn't see those people. What you saw was the number of people getting baptized. And then you say, oh, the evangelist was really good. Just like people said, oh, Paul and Barnabas were really good. That's because they had all those converts they had trained to reach other people. And that's the whole point of what we're talking about. All of us are called to be laborers in God's vineyard. Nobody should be overlooked. Nobody should be taken for granted. Nobody should be pushed aside or cast aside. Even little kids can learn to reach the, uh, kids their age. All of us have different talents and abilities, and God can use them if we just allow him to. If we have the right attitude that says, here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, use me. If we have that attitude, God is going to bless us in whatever endeavors we uh, take on to spread the gospel message. Any further thoughts on that? I, I, I was talking to somebody today about the young people in church, and I was, you know, we were pointing out how uh, we can keep the young people involved, how we can keep the young people interested, you know, how we can get more young people into our church. And this is kind of part of it, too, uh, that part about keeping them uh, busy doing God's work, keeping them busy studying, praying, teaching them how to study the Bible, teaching them how to reach their friends at school. All those things are going to pay dividends in this world and especially in the world to come. So again, as, as we're leaders in our churches, various churches, let's keep that positive attitude going. Let's keep that positive Christian example going. And remember, you might not say, um, okay, young people, I'm getting ready to do something, so watch me. But what might happen is you're doing your thing, not even aware that they are watching you. And so we have to be very cognizant of that fact that we're always being watched. So we should always have the Christ-like attitude and that Christ-like demeanor. And even when things, you know, happen that gets you upset, even when things, somebody says something to you or you get impatient, we just have to remember God is taking care of it. God is in control. God has my back. Anything that he allows to come my way, he's already given me strength to withstand it. And, and you have to think that way in a split second because before you know it, your humanity has taken over and, and maybe somebody saw you uh, not being such a good example. So as we go on God's errands, let's remember that God is our head, Christ is our example, and that's who we want people to see no matter what we do, no matter what we say, or no matter how we act. Always be on God's uh, good behavior. Amen. Amen. 
Any uh, final thoughts before we end? Okay, hi Patsy, we're glad you joined us. I'm glad too, I had a thought, but I wasn't gonna cut you off. Oh, you go ahead. Yeah, uh, me and Elder Thomas, uh, uh, I don't think it, it was not this past Wednesday, but the Wednesday before, we went down to the History Museum and they had a bunch, bunch load of kids of every, I mean, every culture that you could think of. And they came into this little theater to, to, to hear about Clara Brown and the lady that gives the production. She lives in Ferguson. But they had activities on different floors, you know, for different ages of kids. And so as the young lady, uh, you, she was a, uh, a teenager, and we figured, you know, she was probably helping the daycare so she could earn a check. And she was trying to explain to the little kids to get up. So Elder Thomas said, let me help you. Elder Thomas said, now, she wants you kids to stand up, she said, because she's going to move one seat down. And they just look like, yeah, I like this lady. And, and you know, and the, and the teenager looked, and she was just like, thank you to Elder Thomas. And Elder Thomas said, she just needed a little help. And I thought, this is what, you know, being Christ-like is about. Because the young lady, she kept trying to tell these little four- and five-year-olds, she said, get up. And they was like, I'm not giving up my seat. <laughs> and, and and I said it was it was nice to see that many young people there that was trying to help the daycares, whether they was there for a paycheck, but at least they were doing something positive to give back to society. And I think sometimes when we have our kids at church, we're so focused on making sure they you know they learn the Bible and they learn Ellen White and they learn this and they learn that that sometimes God wants us to be practical, teach them how to give back. Give them something to do, you know, and I'm going to be honest, uh, the tops you guys had it going on when y'all young people got us out there. They had us buying T-shirts. They had us walking in the community, talking to people, and those of us who couldn't walk, they gave me a job on driving. So, you know, it was just nice to see that young people know there's a community out there, and we can't reach them within four walls. We got to get out there. Amen. That was my comment. Teamwork Amen. makes dream work. I guess. And that's a very good, uh, a very good thing that you said, Patsy, too, because um, my mom used to say this thing where um, it's better to give than to receive. And so I added a little twain to it. It's better to be able to give than to have to receive. And um, when you talk about the kids learning to give back, they're learning to be leaders. And that's what Jesus says in the Bible. You know, let him who's going to be the chiefest among you be a servant. That's the servant, the person who is giving and, and doing for the masses. They live with the classes because they learn how to give and not, and not need to take from other people. Just giving mm -hmm. and giving and giving. I guess Elder Thomas used all her years of teaching experience Got some kids to do just what she wanted. <laughs> okay. Uh, Karen, what's, uh, where are we studying next week? What are we on? Uh, we're in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, Chapter hmm. 107, and we will be beginning at paragraph 624.3. 107, 624.3. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
All right. Uh, Patsy, would you uh, close us out with prayer, please? Yes, sir. And I have a question. We're coming to the okay. end of the chapter, so I'll ask you after we get them uh, off the line. Dear All Precious right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us together. We thank you for giving us the breath of life. And we thank you for forgiving us of our sins, our inequities, and our transgression. Lord, we ask that you put your wisdom, your knowledge, and your understanding inside of us as we go out to be witnesses for you. Let you and the Holy Spirit teach us how to speak to people, what to say and how to say it, and let it be in a loving, kind manner as you have given us the example to be gentle as a dove. Lord, we thank you for just allowing us to come to you in prayer and allowing us to be your children on this earth, Lord. So, Lord, we hold on to your promises that you're soon to come and you prepare the place for us. But, Lord, help us to go out and share your message. You've asked us to go out and plant the little mustard seeds. And, Lord, you said you will water and grow it. Let us continue to, to, to talk to our children and other children and those around us in our communities. Let us lift up your name that you may be glorified. And we will be careful to give you the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 All right. We appreciate everyone's participation today. Stay out of that heat. <laughs> Elder Carol.